Welcome to the jungle. A tremendous Thursday to you. I'm looking up at the right-hand corner, the right monitor, and there is the hood. Oh, cheat out. Got a nice coat. Got a nice tie. Ah, today's a sad day. Very sad day. I, I didn't think it would come to this. I really wanted to walk off on my own terms. Uh, there was never any doubt in my mind that I'd break that record of the hallowed, the hallowed record of a great man, Don Shula, that I would break it as a patriot. That's not going to happen. It's on to Atlanta. Urgh. On to whoever will take me. Anyway, what's going on? Just got caught up in the moment. Got kind of emotional about that. All right, so obviously it's a mother of a day. There is a lot going on. Unbelievable day. Lots to get to. Before I get into any of this, before I even give you a telephone number, here are my expectations for you. It's a reaction day. Now, I've got multiple interviews. I've got a beef segment. So there's not as many windows or lanes for you to get into, but it's a ultimate reaction day. Today is the day to get on the phones and hit me up and react to all the stories that are breaking. You've got not one, not two, but three icons, coaching icons that are stepping aside or stepping down or being pushed out. It's a reaction day. Hit me up on the phones. 1-800-636-8686. Again, it's a reaction day. Hit me up on the X at Jim Rome. It's a reaction day. Email me, Rome, R-O-M-E, at haveatake.com. All right, so my thoughts on the hood, my thoughts on the dictator, my thoughts on Pete Carroll, all of that's still ahead. Here are the interviews coming up at 940. First person we talk to, Bruce Feldman, National College Football Insider for The Athletic. We'll get his thoughts on Nick Saban and everything in and around that. Top of our number two, former NFL great Josh Gribbs. I want to get his thoughts on the Browns and the Texans. Nick Casario came in yesterday, crushed his appearance. Love that game. Texans v. Browns. Josh Cribbs joins me at the top of hour number two. The beef segment is going to be in hour number three. Top of hour number three. Tom Curran, who is all over the Patriot situation, is going to join us in the last segment of the day. So we've got all of this to get done. But again, I cannot reiterate this strongly enough. It is a reaction day. Get up in here. I want your thoughts on these stories. I want your reaction to these stories. All right, let me get you started with some help. Now, you all know Father Time is undefeated. Father Time has the ultimate dynasty. Father Time has never even played in a close game. Never trailed. Never been even in a danger. Father Time will not lose. The undisputed undefeated heavyweight champion of the history of the world and will never lose. Never in a close game. And I can't think of a better example of Father Time's dominance than the past 24 hours. Father Time just racked up three of his biggest dubs ever. Three incredible all-time football coaches just had incredible all-time runs come to an end. At essentially the exact same time. And we're talking about arguably the greatest pro football coach ever. Arguably the greatest college coach ever. Or a third guy who happens to be one of three men ever to win a Lombardi and a Natty. We're talking about 72-year-old Pete Carroll. 
then 72-year-old Nick Saban. And now this morning, the end of the reign in New England for 71-year-old Hoodman. It really is over. Chowed half fam. It's over. Bill Belichick is done. At least in New England. Now, I don't think Hood will think that he's done until he chases down Don Shula. And I'll get into this with Tom Curran later on, but this was not the way it was supposed to end. Generally, things don't end the way they're supposed to end. Not for star athletes. I talk about it all the time. Guys, gals, they rarely get to go out on their own terms. Neither will the Hood. And it's fitting, isn't it? Given all the players that he ran off over the years, is it not fitting that Bob Kraft is going to run him off too? And I'm not piling on. And I'm not saying it to be obnoxious. It's just fitting. Like, I don't think Hood will think that he's done until he runs down Don Shula. We know that. But Bob Kraft clearly had seen enough to accept that that record is going to have to be set somewhere else. You know Kraft wanted more than anything for him to get that record there. But he's a businessman. Business is not booming. He has seen enough. And now the Hood man is gonzo. Question is, where does he end up? It seems like the inside or the front runner with the inside lane right now is the ATL, Atlanta. I could argue that Washington makes sense. I could argue that the Chargers, from the Hoodman standpoint, the Chargers absolutely make the most sense. That, to me, would be the best gig. Now, that doesn't mean that the Spanos family wants to chip him off, because I'm sure they don't. That doesn't mean the Spanos family wants to give him the power that I'm sure he wants because they probably don't. But if you're just looking at it from a pure fit and a pure football standpoint, of course that's the best opportunity. They've got the quarterback. They've got the underachieving defense. That's the best spot for him to go. But it doesn't mean he'll end up there. It just means that he's not going to finish in New England. So wherever it is, the hood is going to change the logo on that sleeveless hoodie next season. Apparently, Kraft and Belichick met multiple times this week, and apparently it was all mickable, and both parties, quote, took the high road, end of quote. Whatever the hell that means. If they both took the high road, why are they having separate pressers today and not answering questions? That road does not seem that high. But in the end, it's pretty clear that Bob Kraft got his way, which is probably for the best, because if the Hood tried to stay to win those last 15 games, it might take 15 more years. It was time. It was time. The team needs a talent overhaul. The team needs a new quarterback. And it never made sense to let Belichick stay and perform that rebuild or that overhaul or pick that quarterback. You know why they need that overhaul? Because of Hood. And he was never going to give up the power or his final say. You know that whole thing about how, you know, I'd be willing to cede some power. I'd be willing to give that up. Yeah, doubt that. Doubt that. He hasn't had to answer to anybody for a quarter of a century. He was just going to start right now, there. Doubt that. It begs a very interesting question, though. Like, I wonder what the market is for the hood. Now, he's not getting any younger. Things got really pretty stale and played in New England. And if he's going to insist on that kind of power and autonomy at that age, given what's gone down the last few years, I wonder what the market would be like for him. 
I could argue he's the GOAT. You hire him. But I could also argue that, you know what? He's not what he was. Still a great coach. But is he willing to only coach? We'll get into all these things. But I want to say this. I do want to say this. Before we get into all of that, I do want to toss the mumbler some bleeping credit. The man won 17 division titles in 24 years. 17 division titles in 24 years. The Patriots franchise had won four division titles in their entire existence before this guy showed up and started chopping off his sleeves. Then he ran off 17 in 24 years. Meanwhile, no other coach in the history of the Shield has ever won their division more than 13 times. Hood took the Pats to the Super Bowl nine times. Nine times. Wrap your head around that nine figure. Nine times. Nine. Nine times. And he nine won six. Times. And get this. Over his 24 seasons of leading the Pats, the other 31 franchises employed a combined 213 head coaches. Another mind-blowing stat. Look, we all know that Belichick was incredibly fortunate to have Tom Brady. And yes, he was 249 and 75 with bacon face. And then he was 84 and 103 without bacon face. Bacon face bounced and he immediately <laughs> got himself another strap. But it's not like those wins with awesome. bacon face don't count. You want to have your doubts about Hood's ability to win the NFL in his 70s without Brady? I think that's fine. That's fair. It is. It's reasonable. But it's also undeniable that with Brady, Hood was the single greatest football coach in NFL history. It's a crazy run, and it's a run that we're never going to see ever again. And the thing that's amazing to me, and I'll get to Nick Saban and Pete Carroll too, but the thing that's amazing to me about all three of them, starting with the Hood, is the guy's not done. He very clearly did not want out. He very clearly is not ready to mumble off into the sunset. And I don't think it's only about that record. I think what's going to happen with the hood, I'm not saying it's going to work, but I think he's got a similar mindset to Bacon Face. Bacon Face busted out and clearly wanted to prove that he could win somewhere other than New England, and he did. I don't doubt for a second that Bill Belichick has got an extremely high level of motivation to prove that he can still win and do so outside New England. I don't think that he's only in it for that record. I mean, he wants the record for sure. But I think he also wants to prove very badly that I'm relevant. I can still win. My system still works. And most of all, I want to show you all that I can win outside of New England. See, to me, that that might be the most impressive thing about all these old guys. Pete Carroll, 72. Peter, 72. William, 71. They've had amazing careers, amazing longevity, yet they still want more. They're not looking to find a beach. They're not looking to find a golf course. Both of these dudes went into this week wanting more. Neither of these dudes came into this week thinking they were done. And they both might not be done. The rumors are already flying around about how the hood is going to end up here or there or someplace else. As I mentioned, the Falcons seem like they have the inside track right now, and they're not the only ones. The Hood Man is going to don a new hood. 
The question is, how long will it take him to get those 15 games, those 15 wins? Obviously, it depends on where he ends up. And then the next question, who will inherit the throne? Who's going to be the one to follow the goat? According to reports, the leader in that clubhouse is still Gerard Mayo. That's nothing new. We've heard this for a long time. Bob Kraft has been very deliberate with his succession plan and reportedly has been setting it up for a long, long time. Kraft's plan all along, reportedly, has been Mayo. But Kraft's plan all along probably never involved one pretty important factor, and that factor is Mike Vrabel. You know, on the one hand, you might think to yourself, look, Kraft is not going to deviate. Kraft has been setting this up a certain way for a long, long time. The plan is already in place. The plan is in motion. You can make that argument. I don't know exactly what's going on there. If it were me, now that Vrabel is on the table, to me, that situation has changed completely, at least in my opinion. I understand that Kraft had a plan. I understand that Kraft wants to promote from within. I understand that Kraft wants to take care of a promising head coaching candidate who's already in the building and knows the Patriot way. I get all that. I respect all that. But you might want to tweak that approach. There's no way that Kraft expected Vrabel to be available. But now that he is, you got to give that guy serious consideration. You have to. Because Vrabel is a proven commodity. Vrabel has already done it. He's already done it on a high level. He's already done it on a high level without a great quarterback. Vrabel has even beaten the Patriots in New England in the playoffs, a.k.a. the game that ended bacon face in New England. And let's face it, it pretty much ended the hood in New England too. Not only has Gerard Mayo never been a head coach for a single game on any level, he's also a straight-up continuation of Hood's program. He's a Hood protege. He may be his own man, but so was everybody else who fell off that tree, that Hood tree. I'm not saying that he's not a a solid coaching prospect. I think he is. But I'm going to say that the Hood man's coaching tree has not produced any decent fruit. And if the Pats are looking for a new way it doesn't necessarily seem like they're going to get that with a guy who's already there. Now, Vrabel, on the other hand, to me, threads the needle in that he's an all-time Patriot. He's heavily influenced by Belichick. He is loved within the organization. He himself loves the organization and the community, but, but, He left the family business, he went out on his own, he made his own way, and he killed it. He did great. He went outside of that rotting hoodman coaching tree. So who would you pick, Half-Chouts? I'll put it out to you. I'm going to say it, nothing against Mayo. I think the guy's a really bright guy and a really good coaching prospect. He just hasn't done it yet. I know what I'm getting in Vrabel. If Vrabel has an interest, you bring that guy in. That's the guy you hire, to me, because he's already done it and succeeded. But Patriot fans, I want to ask you, who do you want? What's your reaction to the news, and who do you want? Or is it neither of those two, and do you want somebody else? And one more thing. Outside of all that, I'm kind of curious. For the rest of you, 
Who would you rather have right now as a head coach? And I'm not saying this for effect. And this is no hot take question. This is legit. At this point in time, who would you rather have? Belichick or Carroll? Not who's had a better career. Who would you rather have right now in this moment? Belichick or Pete Carroll? A mumbler or a speed talker? A pretty miserable dude chasing a pretty incredible all-time record or the most positive, upbeat dude ever doing it for the love of the game and the love of pulverizing gum. You know, the most competitive guy. You know how Pete Carroll, he says, I thought that was so rich what he said. Kind of cheesy, but rich. You know how everything's competition with Pete Carroll? You know, competition Tuesday. Everything's competition. Carroll goes, I competed as hard as I could to keep that job. He wants to coach. He didn't want to leave. Believe me, that guy wants to coach. Who would you rather have right now? These guys are in similar age, but Carroll is still shot out of a cannon with all that crazy, cheesy energy and enthusiasm. Like, I wish I had more time for the gum assassin. But he kind of got upstaged, right, in the past 24 hours. Same goes for you, red ass. I got your flowers too, Nick. I do, believe it or not. I got a lot of flowers that I've got to give out to some very unlikely dudes today. And you all know I've had my fun at the expense of the hood man and the speed talker and the red ass. But the reality is this. They all deserve all the praise and all the run that they're getting today because they are three of the very best to ever do it. And this sport will never, ever be the same. Football, honestly, and this is not hyperbole. The sport will never, ever be the same because of what has transpired over the past 24 hours. Three all-time greats moving aside, stepping down, maybe calling it a day. You know, Chowds, half fam, frankly, today is the end of a, how do I put this? Era. Era, 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 era. era. I got to say, I feel right now what I feel emotionally. Like, I'm going to ask you how you feel. Patriot fans, how do you feel? 1-8-0-0-6-3-6-8-6-8-6. How do you feel? What is today like? Even if you knew this day was coming, it's here. How does it feel? Me? What I feel right now is tremendous gratitude. Because the fact of the matter is, we had to build a second plant adjacent to the content factory just to keep up with the Belichick demand. The content that Bill provided over the years exceeded all of our wildest dreams. Am I right, half fam? Even if the guy never ever said anything at all, he provided all this content. So frankly... What I'm feeling right now for Bill and his legacy and for all those endless segments of content for my Bill impression, what I'm really feeling more than anything else, the feeling, the feeling is more than a feeling. Top of the morning. What's going on? Got any stories this week? 
<laughs> what difference does it make? Give me an F. Give me a C plus. I mean, I don't really. It, it doesn't matter. Give me whatever you want. I don't care. We're gonna take it day to day, just like we always do. Yeah, you know, I don't agree with that. So you know, just you go down on your slow way. But I just don't agree with that. It's already been addressed. Told you everything I know. Who cares? If you have any other questions? Really, you should take it up with our public relations department, which is very capably run by Stacy and his staff. Oh, Catholic. We're just trying to win the game. That's all. Yeah, I was at the game. We're getting ready for Cincinnati. Seattle. Told you everything I know. We're trying to do everything we can to help you out. Sorry, you're offended. I can't remember. Sometimes during a week, instant chat. No days off! I'm not going to go back and rehash all that. Snap face. Today's Friday. Are we doing pretzels for lunch? Seriously. Just working on the jet. Put it out there on, you know, Twitter and, and my face. <laughs> get ready for Kansas City. That's what I'm doing. Yeah, my focus is on getting ready for the Colts. Bill, do you want to stay here and keep coaching the Patriots? Yeah, I'm looking forward to this week getting ready for the Steelers. Yeah, I mean, go put somebody out there. Yeah, we just got back from Germany here, so. Bill, you said you guys need to start over. What does that entail? Starting over. Not really a travel agent here. Look, I told you what's going to happen. You know, starts me up. It's on to Atlanta. It's on to the ATL. Got to give him his credit. Patriot fans, reaction. Honestly, is it jarring? Was it expected? Are you happy? Are you melancholy? Who do you want to take his place? It is a reaction day. Reaction Thursday. React to that. React to Nick Saban. React to Pete Carroll. Get in here. There is so much to talk about and so many things you can react to. I'm here for it all. I want to hear from you. Hit me up on the X platform at Jim Rome. Email me, Rome, R-O-M-E, at Habitate.com. Call the program now. We do have a beef segment coming up at the top of hour number three. But call me right now with your thoughts. 1-800-636-8686. Best reaction goes right to the front of the line. Bruce Feldman joins me at 940 to talk Nick Saban. Gas, groceries, utilities, you name it. The price of everything is going up, and if you are stuck in a bad timeshare with rising maintenance fees, the financial burden can be crushing. It is time to get your finances in order and get the real facts about that timeshare that you're stuck in. Because maybe you're not stuck in it. Chuck McDowell. Founder of Wesley Financial Group has been helping families out of terrible timeshares for over 10 years. He has put together a complete timeshare exit information kit that he will send you absolutely free. To date, over 30,000 families have trusted Wesley Financial Group to help them out of financial hardship by getting them out of bad timeshares. They might be able to do the same thing for you. To get the facts about how the timeshare industry works and what your options are for cancellation, call Wesley right now. Get your free timeshare exit kit, 800-462-3333, you are listening to The Jim Rome Show. Patriot fan, where are you? Half fan, where are you? Bama fan, where are you? Seahawk fan, where are you? Three incredible icons and legends of the game. Moving along, moving aside, stepping down. What do you think? What's your reaction? Who do you want to replace them? It's a reaction day. Call. First thing through in the written form is, quote, In light of all these sports icons stepping down and getting canned, 
I can't help but worry that my Ionic Jim Rome will retire this year. Please tell me I am just stoned and overthinking again. Love you, Jim. War Jim staying on the air for another 20 years. Jonathan in Indy. Broham, you are stoned. You're high as a kite, brah. You're peaking. You're tripping. You're rolling face. Just drop some L? Nah, bro. Do I look like I'm going anywhere? <laughs> we made a major announcement earlier this week. I'm not going anywhere. I'm on record as saying over and over and over again. I want my next 25 to be my best 25. I do not want my best 25 to be in the rearview mirror. Oh, no, dude. No, I'm on a mission. I'm on a mission to remain not only relevant, not only competitive, but to do my best work of my entire career. To build, to create, to win. Oh, no, dude, I'm in this. The chip on my shoulder has never been bigger. You don't need to worry about that. You don't need to worry about that. Good news is, if you like me, I'm not going anywhere. And if I am, I'm going down swinging. Bad news is, if you hate me, I'm not going anywhere. But up. No, we got plans. And we're working our plans. Appreciate you, dude, saying so. But no, I'm not going anywhere. I am not looking to power down or slow down or settle down. I am looking to double down. I'm having a whole lot of fun. And there's a lot of things out there that I still want to accomplish. Jimmer, Vrabel to New England, and Quinn to Seattle makes so much sense that it's almost 100% not going to happen. At least one of these teams will inevitably shoot an air ball and make the wrong hire. Ian and Phoenix. Yeah, there's been speculation. It would not surprise me if either or both of those things did not happen. I don't think it's a no-brainer. I mean, it makes a lot of sense. If I'm the Pats, I hire Vrabel. I do. If I'm Vrabel and I have assurances that the setup is right and, quote, the alignment is right, I do that in a second. Dan Quinn has been there. Dan Quinn's had a lot of success there. Dan Quinn's going to be a head coach again. That makes sense. But I don't think that's a lock either. Paul in Indy writes, the high road that the hood and craft took is lower than a crippled cricket's ass. Sanjera. Yeah, like I said, there were reports that they talked about it this week and they took the high road. And then I tagged it with whatever the hell that means. Because these guys are doing separate pressers. It's not like they've got their arms around each other and man, that was amazing. That was an amazing run. I appreciate you. I appreciate you. We both got so rich off that. We had so many amazing memories. Circumcising the mosquito. Yet they're doing it separately. Kraft said that he would have kissed Hood today, but he's got a cold. Oh. Thank you. Thanks, brother. He's got a cold, so I'm not going to kiss him. Thank you. Cringe. Cringe. Awkward. 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 Sometimes when people hit me up on Cameo, those customized videos that we do on Cameo, they want me to go awkward. Awkward. You don't even have to ask me to do awkward there. That, that's awkward. 
And no, his daughter cannot step in and take his place. Hey, Rome, hands down. Peter over the hood right now. Oh, what do you know? Reaction. Let's see what this says. Hands down, Peter over the hood right now. Neon Wrigley gum snapping in the mouth. Hands on the knees and all. JP in Riverside. Hey, man, he was something else on the podium yesterday, wasn't he? Peter? Peter was all energy, all emotion, all tears, all about his wife, all passion. I will say this, and the, the positivity, of course, the optimism, the enthusiasm. I, I did love the reaction. Like you could tell that that's not what he wanted. That is not what he wanted. But still, he showed up like Peter, like, man, I don't know what the future holds, but I am so excited. I can't wait. This is the best thing ever. Well, no, the best thing ever would be if I was still coaching the team, but this is the second best thing ever because I don't know what's going to happen, but I can't wait to find out. Where's my bubble yum? Now, honestly, who would you take right now? The hood or the gum assassin? Similar age. If you had a choice between the two, who would you hire? I think it's actually a pretty interesting question and a fair one. And it's not the no-brainer that you might think. I'm really curious about the market for the hood. I'm not saying that I wouldn't hire him. I'm curious about the market for the hood. Depends on how much control he wants or needs. I mean, does anybody really think that the hood is just going to coach exclusively and just be a coach? I mean, not a chance, right? When we come back, we'll talk about the other legend who is stepping down. Actually, the only legend stepping down. The hood's not stepping down. The gum murderer is not stepping down. He got pushed aside. Nick Saban is stepping down. Bruce Feldman joins me to talk about that. Right now, though, here... Live from Southern California, this is the Jim Rome Show on CBS Sports Radio. Welcome back. Once again, I'm Jim Rome. Telephone number is toll free. Use it. It's a reaction day. A day to react. 1-800-636-8686. We are joined right now by a national college football insider for The Athletic. Also a college football reporter for Fox Sports. He is co-host of The Audible with Stu and Bruce. It's a podcast with Stuart Mandel. He is a best-selling author whose books include The QB, The Making of Modern Quarterbacks. Of course, I'm talking once again about Bruce Feldman. Bruce, had to bring you back given the news about Nick Saban. It's great to have you on. Bruce, how are you? Great to be on, Jim. Thanks for having me. All right, so in terms of reaction, Bruce, would you say that you're surprised or you're shocked that Nick Saban is retiring? And why do you think that he decided that now was the time? A little surprised. We started hearing rumblings uh, early yesterday afternoon and tried to confirm it. And people who were close to him would only say that it wouldn't surprise them if that happened. They didn't. They couldn't say that it was going to happen last night, as it did, until the word started to spread. And he had his team meeting with his players and wanted to make sure he told them first. Um, you know, look, it, this. He is, he is 72, and this sport has gotten – a chaotic sport has gotten even more chaotic in the last couple of years. Not just the transfer portal, not just the NIL. The coaching calendar is completely out of whack, and I think it's a lot of – it's a big juggling act. 
This is a guy who has always stayed two steps ahead of the competition. He's always been really masterful in how he's able to juggle staff and have coaches come and go and just keep getting better and better. Um, it, it's You'd always heard that at some point Nick Saban wanted to, to try his hand at TV and maybe end up at ESPN, or maybe at college game day or something like that. And I think he looked at the time of his life now and said, you know what, I won seven national titles. Is there anything else? I felt like there's anything else I need to prove to anybody else. This is, this is probably the best move for everybody involved, especially him and his family. Bruce Feldman is joining us. Bruce, any sense of what Alabama's time frame might be for finding his successor? Uh, I was told when Greg Byrne, the Alabama AD, met with the players yesterday, he told them, give me, give me 72 hours. That's not a lot of time, but again, because there's an open window when a coaching change happens, that Alabama players you know, could be bailing out. I don't, you know, right now, I understand that there's been one recruit who's looking around, but at this point, you know, this search is going on fast. I think Greg Burns had people in mind for a while, um, there's going to be some really good candidates. As we know now, Dan Ladding, who had a massive buyout, has stated he's happy where he's at at Oregon. He was a former Saban assistant. That's really, uh, you know, was a guy who I think a lot of people felt would, would be a good fit there. There's some other guys in the mix. You know, does Steve Sarkeesian, who the Alabama brass really likes from his time there, who had obviously beaten Saban this year in Tuscaloosa, would he think it's a better situation to go to Alabama than what he has in Austin? I mean, I'm not sure about that one. Um, you have a guy like like Norvell, who's done a terrific job at Florida State. You have a guy like Kalen DeBoer. Who's never, both of those guys have never coached in the SEC, but you know, Caleb DeBoer has done an amazing job in a couple of years at Washington. And he also recently hired Jimmy Sexton, who's the big agent who also represents Nick Saban and most of the SEC coaches. I mean, that's, those are some interesting names to keep an eye on, and, and maybe even Dabo Sweeney, who obviously beat Saban a couple times for national titles, and he played at Alabama. I just don't know if you know Alabama thinks he would be the right guy to take over. We are talking to Bruce Feldman. Bruce, I was actually going to ask you about every single one of those guys, and I might double back to some of them. But back to Lanning for a minute, I mean, that makes the most sense. Aside from that, just crazy, crazy buyout. But he was emphatic. He posted on social today in a video where he said as much. I'm not going anywhere. The grass is not always greener. If you had to get inside his head, why do you think, I mean, maybe it's a comfort level, but why do you think that he would prefer Eugene over Tuscaloosa and Oregon over Alabama? I think there's a couple of factors here. You know, he's got a young family. From whatever I've talked to him, he said they really like it there in Eugene. I think he knows, you know, he worked in the SEC, first at Alabama and then at Georgia. He knows what the SEC fishbowl is like. I also think he realizes they have a loaded team again this year. They came close to making a four-team playoff this past year. He gets Dylan Gabriel, who's coming there from, from Oklahoma, terrific quarterback, great fit for them. He's got this, I feel like, he knows Oregon has the NIL piece figured out as well as anybody. Got the relationship with Phil Knight, which is a huge piece for them to play. They got terrific facilities. And I would not at all be surprised if they win the Big Ten in their first season in the league. And they can make a run of the national title there. So I, I think rather than be the guy who followed Nick Saban, and that has a ton of weight to it, 
I think he knows that he can he can have a really special thing up there in Eugene, Oregon. Bruce Feldman's joining us. You're right. Always tough to be the guy to follow the guy and even tougher to be the guy to follow the goat. But I'll tell you, a guy who's got no fear, somebody we have not discussed, and that would be Lane Kiffin, which would be pretty wild, right? Let's just talk about this for a minute. I mean, he knows how things are done there. He has been there before. He would not shy away from the expectations. Where would you slot Lane in all of this? You know, he obviously knows what it's like in Tuscaloosa from work there. I mean, he's done a good job at, at Ole Miss, and he's learned from, from Nick Saban. I think the tricky part is, you know, remember, he was basically shoved out the door right before the national title game when he took the FAU job. And he's also the same guy who was tweaking Nick Saban right before they played. And just, you know, I don't know if they would feel like he's the guy they want to replace Nick Saban. I don't think Lane Kiffin would have any fear of being the guy to replace uh, to replace Saban. I just wonder if they would feel comfortable with him in control of everything because there's just so many public moments there. And some of the stuff Lane does, while it may play well on social media, I think for, for some other folks, I think it doesn't sit well. And so I'm not, no, I'm, I'm skeptical that they would go in that direction. I think you make a very good point. Bruce Feldman joining us for a couple of more moments. Hey, Bruce, back to Sark for a minute. Do you think the Bama job is better than the job he has right now? I think it actually is. Now, look, you probably can get more stuff done administratively, you know, through Alabama football than you can maybe with some, some red tape that you might have at Texas. But the other big piece of this is he's right now at Texas. He replaced Tom Herman. He goes to Tuscaloosa. He's replacing Nick Saban. That is a way different expectation level. And, you know, your recruiting base is still, still really strong in Austin, just as it would be. I just think the part about replacing Saban compared to replacing Tom Herman is a way different dynamic. But, you know, I know that people in Tuscaloosa really thought highly of Sark from his time there. And I know he, he, he saw a lot of positives with him with, with that situation from his experience in Tuscaloosa. Hey, Bruce, how much of a say do you think that Nick Saban has in his successor? I know he's going to have a voice in it. I, I don't think it'll, it'll be his decision, obviously, but I think he will have a lot of feedback. I mean, there's, you know, there's guys out there you'd say, okay, this is somebody I could see them you know, kicking the tires on, but I think they've got to move so fast. Um, you know, it's, just, it's going to be interesting to see what they do because you know, the AD told, them, told the players, Let, you know, give me 72 hours. You've got to work fast on that. I think that's wild. One last stop before you go, Bruce. What about Kalen DeBoer? Like, everybody who knows knows this guy's a hell of a football coach on every single level. I mean, there is so much to like about this guy. He is an amazing football man. Do you think that he would want that? Like, if you had to get inside his head, what's his headspace like? Because he's in a really good spot, too. Do you think that he would want to be the guy to follow the guy? Do you think he'd want to be in the SEC? It's a great question. I mean, he is a terrific coach. I think he's one of the five best coaches in college football right now. He did an amazing job turning that program around from a four and eight season the year before he showed up. The one part that I don't, you know, like that makes me a little curious is just recently he hired, he switched agents to go with Jimmy Sexton, who's the biggest agent in college football, who's also Nick Saban's agent, also represents most of the SEC head coaches. And while I know that he's never been that guy, you know, to be working the SEC, 
I mean, he's hired somebody who knows that landscape. So who knows? It's a, I guess it's possible. It's pretty amazing that we could find out within the next 72 hours. Last thought, what about Dabo? I mean, a few years ago, Bruce would have been a no-brainer, right? He played ball there. He was beating Nick Saban in big games. Do you think that Bama would have any interest in Dabo at this point? I think they could. I mean, he beat him twice, uh, you know, for national titles. The part that gives me a little skepticism is it feels like the program has backslid in the last three years. It certainly has. He struggled to navigate the transfer portal and be open to it. I just don't know if, if that would be the direction they would go after that. Bruce Feldman is a national college football insider for The Athletic, also a college football reporter for Fox Sports, a best-selling author as well, and came back on to talk about Nick Saban. Bruce, really appreciate you. I didn't want to go back to you so soon. However, on a story like that, I knew I had you. So thanks so much for doing that. Always great to be on with you, Jim. Thanks Thank for having me. Thank you, Bruce. Have a great day. Appreciate you. All right, so some really good insight. We talked about some possible successors. In case you missed it, Dan Lanning, who to me would be prospect number one. The most ideal guy to get that gig. He has an enormous buyout at Oregon, like $20 million or even more. However, and Alabama's got deep pockets. I'm not sure that they have even pockets that deep, but it doesn't matter because Dan Lanning already has posted a video saying that he's not going anywhere. He's good. The grass is not greener, so take him off the list. And I also understand why Alabama would want to move as quickly as they can because they don't want to lose their players. And you know the old saying, every AD has got a list of five guys that they would go to if they had to and had to replace a head coach. So I think that it's surprising the Nick Saban stepping away, but not shocking. Surprising in that, like within the past week, he was still saying, I want to be here. All right, stay tuned. Open phones. Next segment, actually, 1-800-636-8686. <laughs> 